Hey there, welcome to the Product Hive podcast. On this episode, we're bringing you the presentation from our November UX event, where you'll hear from Adam Tolman. Adam has spent the last three years leading design teams at Underbelly. He talks about how agencies are evolving to better work with both startups and the world's biggest companies, and how agencies evaluate ways they can best provide value, integrate well with their teams, collaborate at a deep level, and impact their business in a positive way. A big thanks to Instructure for hosting this meetup. And finally, be sure to join our community on Slack, where there's always a lot of great conversation happening about UX, product management, and more. You can get an invite to our Slack group and find more information about Product Hive at ProductHive.org. Now let's hear Adam Tolman's talk, Evolution of the Agency, the value agencies offer modern product companies. I'll be um, talking about agencies today. So um, how agencies have evolved over the last handful of years to better suit the needs of product companies. So we'll look at some trends I've found through doing some research, um, things that I've learned over the last three years of working on Rebellion, plus talking through uh, to people that currently work at other agencies and also a lot of people in the current our product community in terms of their experience working with agencies. So we'll unpack that a bit. Um, we're getting a slightly late start. This will be about 45 minutes. I've timed it, and so I hope that's the case. Um, I'll hustle because I want to make sure there's time for questions at the end. So with that, let me briefly introduce myself. So um, as Dave mentioned, my name is Adam Tolman. I am from Salt Lake originally. Um, I got into design. As a kid, I was very much into art. Um, when my folks got our first computer, I um, loved uh, my first uh, uh, design program was Microsoft Paint, probably, uh, many, many years ago. And then the first website I ever created was um, for my punk rock band. We needed a website, and that was like in 2001. And so that was when I first got into web design. And from there, I uh, went to school for graphic design. Um, dropped, out of, uh, dropped out of school and started working um, at a startup. And then since then, I've been for about 10 years, been working um, as an in-house product designer for both startups and large um, enterprise companies as well. So um, much of what I present here is coming from a uh, pers- uh, kind of a unique perspective of somebody that's um, worked on start like in-house product teams at startups, um, but also having um, kind of transition to agency work. So. Um, I work at Underbelly. Underbelly is a full-service uh, design, digital design agency in Salt Lake City. So it's been around for just over six years. Um, it was started by Anthony Lagoon, who also came from our community here. Um, as he's a designer, uh, was doing freelance, was getting a lot of work requests, hired a friend, and hired more friends. And then it's grown now to, oh, you're good. Um, should I start over? <laughs> um, so it's grown now to 26 people. Um, we have 11 designers doing multidisciplinary design work, mostly um, product UX. And then we have six um, full stack engineers. One of them is here somewhere. Oh, hey, this is right. Um, and then we have um, a content team doing like video, motion graphics, content strategy, copywriting, et cetera. So uh, we're still pretty small, relatively speaking, as, as far as agencies goes, but uh, which is fun. And we prefer to keep it that way. So um, kind of. I'll um, intro Underbelly here, and then I'll transition into kind of talking about agencies as a whole. But um, the best way I'd like to describe what Underbelly does is kind of seg- segment in three groups. The first is really focused on the core of what's valuable to a company, which is their 
product or service, right? So we work with companies to research, design, build, ship, validate products, um, web, mobile apps, digital uh, products. Um, kind of the second tier out is doing brand and marketing. So getting to know a company, how they should be communicating to their audience, um, helping them grow through um, marketing websites, um, brand, creating brand collateral, et cetera. And then content. So basically, um, any good product or marketing uh, collateral has good content. So copywriting, um, good con focus content strategy, video, motion graphics, illustration. So we kind of focus in those main areas. We've been able to work with a lot of really great clients over the years. Uh, with large tech companies like Facebook and Netflix, we've worked with Facebook for going on three years now, probably done 20 to 30 different projects with them. Um, and, and everything from their advertiser platform to their core app um, to a bunch of tangent, uh, uh, tertiary project, uh, products um, that they're getting into. Um, I should mention more recently, we're working with the uh, movies team um, to ship. Uh, so today, now you can go to Facebook, find movie trailers, um, search for showtimes and buy tickets on Facebook now, um, which I highly recommend because um, you don't have to pay fees. So don't get a Fandango, go to Facebook because you uh, won't have to worry about paying fees. So plug for what we're doing there. Um, we're focusing on growth. That probably won't always be the case, but you should take advantage of it while it lasts. Um, we've also been working with Netflix for the last couple of years. We helped them ship their new job site um, November of last year. And since then, I've been working on probably four or five internal tools. Um, now more recently, working with the um, original content team in LA to build some tools to um, help with planning and uh, scheduling production, which we're really, really stoked about. Um, I'll go through this quick, but we've also been able to work with some really great startups. Um, Headspace does the awesome meditation app, and some companies are disrupting like healthcare, um, insurance. Um, so we've been able to work at startups, some awesome local companies. So Paul and the awesome team at Day One, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that app. Um, Nate and his team at Chatbooks. My wife is crazy about her chatbooks. Um, I'm sure you guys have used those. It's a pretty great tool. And then Morph 3D, they do a lot of awesome VR stuff. If you haven't checked them out, I would. Um, so yeah. And finally, we've been able to work with companies we really love and, and have some affinity for. So uh, boosted boards. I don't know if you've ridden a boosted board before. If you haven't, come to Underbelly. I'll, um, you can take it out for a spin. Uh, electronic skateboards. Um, front, so we've been able to work with Ben and the team to um, help there. We love coffee, so Barb and C Company, they do Bible translation as a company we've been stuck to work with recently. Um, we've also been able to build our own internal pro uh, products, which is something we're super passionate about right now. So we have an initiative called Venture, where um, anybody in the company can pitch a product idea, and then everybody will vote on the idea they feel like presents the best opportunity. Then we free up at least three months of runway for both the developer and designer to work on those uh, on that idea. And so far, Proxy, our second app here, we just shipped to the app stores, both Android and iOS app stores last week. And we're officially out of beta, so we're particularly stoked about that. I'm gonna plug it at the end here. Um, cool, so now that you guys have context on me and Underbelly, I just wanna kinda get a feeling for who you are, who's in the room. So this is an audience uh, participation part, but how many of you, by the raise of hands, how many of you work on an in-house product team? Okay, that's a good majority of you. How many of you um, work at an agency? Oh, that's good. No, great, more of you than I thought there would be, that's great. Um, for the in-house product folks, how many of you have worked with an agency in the past or are currently working with an agency? Okay, cool, fair amount. 
Um, and then just knowing roles, how many of you are a designer? Majority, I think. What about uh, product managers, info engineers? And anybody, hey, there's a couple engineers here, that's great. Um, anybody that I did not mention in a different role? Okay, that covers everybody. Oh, you have research. great, research, that's great. Um, awesome. So I think uh, this is a good mix of people. I think it'll be good to, um, I think a lot of what I say today hopefully will resonate with at least one of, um, all of you in some way or another. So when I, I'm revealing some of my biases here before um, starting at Underbelly, but when I mention um, an agency, what are some of the things that come to mind, right? So for me, um, I think of kind of his, the old school ad agency um, with Don Draper smoking a cigarette in his office, drinking whiskey, thinking of the next revolutionary advertising idea, right? So that's really how agencies started and gained notoriety back in the day, is you hire this specialized group of people to do some revolutionary thinking to sell your product or brand. You might also think of this like fun group of people who have no problems, operate under no constraints, you know, have like cool graphic design books and toys at their desk. Um, everything's great and fun and happy. Um, I think there's something true about this um, that, that, um, that I've always thought about agencies. Um, and I think some, uh, some of that is still true today, but I think that it's um, m a lot of the new agencies, that I, so Underbelly and new agencies have kind of moved away from this archetype. Um, like any good designer, I started this process doing some research. So um, thinking of my own experience at Underbelly, but also I wanted to understand what other people's experience with agencies were like. So I hit up a bunch of folks um, on the Product Hive Slack, asked them, um, have you uh, worked with an agency in the past? What was your experience like and would you do it again? Um, I got a lot of really great um, feedback. I wanted to share that with you guys. So. Starting with some of the more, um, I should say, less positive um, feelings. So generally, my experience hasn't been very positive or productive. Um, you spend more time bringing them up to speed and managing the project than it's worth. Agencies are good at bringing fresh perspective, but it's often not realistic or sustainable. Um, the biggest challenge was it was more focused on the UI design and way less on the experience. Um, the agency that we used never had the context to really understand the flows. The main problems we face with, with any agency is in the communication. Um, it's been a mixed bag for me as an in-house designer, uh, working with agencies. We thought communicate, we communicated well, but there was a lot lost in translation. Um, some positive comments around agencies. So. For a big project like a full redesign, it was really beneficial to have an agency help us because they could bring a pretty powerful team to the table. Um, when it's approached as a partnership, great things can happen. If the internal team is clear on their objectives and has a vision, that's when agency relationships work best. Their work was wonderfully beautiful and we loved the turnaround time. If the right agency is hired and they do the work well, they can impact the core of the company, business, and product. This, I love this quote because I think this is really what I'm trying to convey today. Um, that if you bring on the right group and you know how to work with them well, they really can have a profound impact on um, the project, but um, subsequently, you know, your company, business, and product. And then finally, the agency helped to see some problems through, through new eyes, which led to more relevant solutions. So um, in doing this, I came, kind of found six trends, like separated into six categories of challenges that in-house teams have had working with agencies. 
The first is that there's too much overhead, so it just takes too much time to get, the, um, get them up to speed on the context, um, the users, the business problems they're solving, how they operate. Um, second is they're, they're, uh, the agency's focused more on what they are creating than why are they, they are creating it. Um, people feel like agencies are better suited for transaction um, focused work, so um, advertising or marketing or that type of work, not really well suited for product. Um, Communication is always a problem. I think this is a challenge everywhere doing anything, but particularly in an agency client dynamic. So infrequent comms, the um, agency were working a black box. There wasn't like daily communication. Can be expensive to hire an agency, so um, all this really boils down to the return on the investment. Did they get what they were expecting to with what they paid? And finally, misalignment. So this is misalignment with the agency and the business, but also internally, if, um, the, if there was misalignment, we create problems with that relationship. There are probably others, but this is like a good way of grouping these things, and it helps kind of present the challenges that um, in-house companies have working with agencies. So I think a lot of this um, can be exasperated by a more traditional agency model um, where uh, communication is infrequent, little context is gained through research, teams are less aligned, and there's a myopic focus on deliverables. I totally, um, hopefully you can see this, uh, <laughs> I was totally going to go through the process of sh uh, showing how this traditional model works. Um, but it got a little too complicated and took more time, so th this is uh, this, the point in which I'll talk about it. Hopefully that will be just as useful. But um, some kind of primary ways in which the traditional, some uh, themes that you'll see when working with a tradi traditional agency. The first is that there, um, there is usually an account executive involved in the relationship, and this is the person that's communicating between the clients and the creative team, and most of the communication is funneled through this person. Um, there are benefits to that, I think, but there are also um, downsides in terms of um, everything, all communication takes longer. Um, there's things that are lost in translation, kind of through like the telephone game. Um, there is oftentimes these agencies will have some kind of initial meeting based off of a brief, and they'll go back to their um, magical studio um, and work for days or weeks without um, you know, communicating back with the client. Um, that can create a lot of obvious problems. What that leads to, too, is they'll come back to the client with a pitch, right? And they'll show everything that they should do and why they should do it and why it's the best solution. Um, and, you know, in, in scenarios where it's, they're totally off, you know, they, we all know the value of uh, uh, iterative, working iteratively and getting feedback frequently. And that's something that you're, um, is, happens less likely in this traditional model. Um, also, I should mention the teams that usually are, um, the traditional teams are composed of like a creative director, art director, um, a copywriter, and a production designer. And usually what happens is the production designer is doing all the work, and the art director is telling the production designer what to do, and the creative director is telling the art director, telling the production designer what to do, and all that's communicated back to the client through this account executive. And so there, there's a lot of potential inefficiencies that are introduced there through that model. So. Um, there's probably other things, but that kind of helps you understand. What, um, I think those types of things that um, are still part of uh, agency life. And so I think a lot of these new um, agencies that are working, have a new way of working, right? Um, 
and new way of working just generally day to day, but it's particularly a new way of providing value to modern product companies. So, um, some I'll just highlight some agencies that are doing this today. So, you're probably familiar with some of these folks. Maybe some others you're not. Um, obviously, most of us probably know IDEO, Thoughtbot, some of those folks. Um, a lot of these people have been around for some time, and a handful of them have evolved from like a more traditional agency approach to a more modern approach. Um, and some of these, are all, they're all doing it a little bit differently, but I think a lot of things I'm going to present to you, um, with my initial research anyway and my experience with Underbelly, have, are, are trends in terms of how these agencies work. I should also mention these are agencies all across the United States. Um, locally, we have, you know, Underbelly's doing work like this. Rally, you guys know Ben Klein and his team. Um, they're doing this really well. I was able to work with him a little bit on this. Um, but yeah, there's, there's uh, I think over the last handful of years, it's be, uh, becoming a more common trend, um, as there's obviously a lot of value to um, companies doing really good products. So I'm going to walk through um, a series of lists here. So this is, uh, the, we're going to kind of go through these quickly, and I'm um, hoping that there's going to be a lot of theory in this, and, but most of it's based off of things that I've learned and things that I've observed. Um, so we'll have kind of uh, three lists, first focusing on what are the, the tenets of these new agencies in terms of how they work, um, what are the reasons why you may want to work with them, like the value they can provide um, an in-house team, and finally, um, the best kind of some uh, pro tips to working with um, agencies. So. Getting into it. Um, so before determining budget, timelines, and scope, um, a lot of just out of the, um, you know, having an initial conversation and sending over an estimation, um, a lot of these agencies will take the approach of having a workshop. So they'll get the right stakeholders in a room for a small condensed amount of time, conduct a handful of activities, exercises, conversation to really define the problem that needs to be solved. Um, you know, how the business works, some general context on uh, their market, their users, and the objectives of the project, and really um, getting to a deeper level than just having a uh, phone call. And this, is, this allows the estimate to be much more relevant and um, set expectations that are much more clear. And one thing that I should mention, too, is this is a great opportunity for um, the agency and the business to um, see if they are compatible, right? Um, and see if the agency can truly help them, and if the client will let, let them. Um, these, agencies, see, I, these agencies, I would say, are much more focused on research and, research and discovery than the traditional agencies. So uh, before pushing pixels, getting into screens and flows, they um, are very much focused on meeting with the uh, customers or users of the product that exists understanding the market, the competitors, defining the problem, determining the scope and requirements of the engagement. Um, so naturally, I think the ramp up time for some of these agencies takes um, a little longer, which is a good thing, I would argue. Um, this is probably one of the more important things. These agencies embed themselves at a very deep level, so they um, develop a, a partnership with the team. So this is absolutely critical um, that they're a one combined team rather than, so you want to blur the, the goal is to blur the lines between the agency and the business so that um, really you're, you're one single team that can move in a, a single direction. So um, a lot of agencies, agencies Basic um, was one of them. They and a couple others actually have built locations 
in strategic places, uh, Mountain View, California, where Google's located, for instance. They will, um, they've, and a similar thing is that um, these large tech companies will buy, like uh, acquire um, an agency to bring them all in-house. But the, ultimately, the goal is to embed at a deep level so that there's, um, you can work uh, like partners and collaborate well. I mentioned kind of the structure of the more traditional agency with creative director, art director, production designer, copywriter, et cetera. These agencies are uh, uh, creating teams that are look more like modern product teams. So designer, PM, engineer with UX research, data science, um, uh, content strategists um, as a, a support team to back it up. So I think that um, the goal is to really mirror how product is happening um, at these larger companies to better um, work at a um, faster, uh, faster clip. This is kind of obvious, but prioritized communica communication is a huge deal. So being able to communicate, I mentioned how um, in the past agencies would kind of work in a black box. That's becoming a thing of the past. Um, frequent daily communication is a requirement for these engagements, um, especially working remote. So Underbelly, um, a little bit about how we work. Um, when we are embedding ourselves with a client, we'll do some frequent travel out, but we've um, never had anybody on site for more than a week. So there's the remote relationship there. And in order to have, um, actually, I would be love to do a quick um, survey. How many of you work remote for a company? A couple people. OK, not a lot. Um, Remote's great, and I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, it's also very difficult, um, especially if um, you're just, there's a couple of remote people and the rest of the team is co-located. Um, and so that's why prioritized communications are critical. Um, you know, centralized Slack channels, weekly ad hoc uh, meetings over VC, um, and off, uh, tr frequent travel as well. One of the things, and this is something that I hadn't noticed until somebody brought it up to me, was that a lot of these agencies have a common theme in, in, term, in terms of being more human-focused. So um, they understand the importance of uh, a customer's experience with the business and prioritizing that over um, short-term transactions, right, or the bottom line. So um, they, they're um, more empathetical, ethical, and care about developing relationships with not just the client, which is obviously important, but their customers and making sure um, you understand what their experience is like and that we're doing things for people, not just for money. Um, a common way in which new, these new crop of agencies are working is doing value-based pricing instead of charging by the hour or by the week. So the goal through the research and discovery is to determine um, what value the work is going to provide the business and then, align, which is great because it aligns the agency and the business with the outcome of the work um, rather than the output. And it is a, it's forces you to measure success, right? So an example of this would be, uh, for those not familiar with value-based pricing, would be, um, let's say Underbelly is asked to work with the e-com company and they want to redesign their checkout flow. And through doing that, through um, digging in, we, we uh, estimate that we can improve conversion by a couple percentage points, which could equal you know, $5 million. Um, the pricing at that point would be based on some percentage of that $5 million, not based off of our hourly or weekly rate. Um, that's just one quick small example. There's a lot of variables in that. But this is becoming more of a trend with these new agencies. 
Um, I mentioned the traditional, one of the traditional ways of these companies working is um, kind of going away for a longer period of time and coming back with a pitch. And so some um, presentation that you know, shows uh, what they thought of, uh, why they think it's going to solve the problem, et cetera. Um, while it may be hard to do away with those types of pitches altogether for an agency, a um, uh, more common way of presenting works, work is simply creating prototypes and doing accelerated validation with those prototypes for the purpose of understanding, is this the right solution and will this work? Um, so instead of trying to convince the business of what you think is best based off of expertise or whatever else, or intuition, right, which is, I think, still important, in this, this uh, direction, it's much more data-centric. Um, so so de decisions can be made much more confidently. Um, it's kind of a no-brainer, but a lot of these new agencies have their own internal dev and engineering teams. So they care way much more about uh, building what they're designing. They don't have to create a spec, throw it over the fence. Um, they can work uh, the way that more uh, modern in-house product companies are working. And allows us to focus much more on implementation, making sure quality is high, interaction is high, and that uh, there's, uh, it's influencing a positive customer experience. And lastly, so uh, and the last tenant here of the new model is there's a, in, oftentimes when you bring on with these agencies, you're not just getting um, you know, the help of somebody or a team of people, you're getting the whole organization indirectly. So um, like Underbelly, we have our, um, we, I mentioned we have 11 designers, multidisciplinary experienced designers. And we, over the course of the week, we have a weekly critique where everybody joins. We have partners that we're working together, so they each have the most context on each other's work and are constantly providing useful feedback, critique, and direction. Um, we have creative director, design director who are constantly working with uh, an art director that are constantly working in terms of a support role. So there's design reviews. So it's not just that you're getting somebody, um, you're getting a whole team of people and, and a, in a deep design culture, which is really great. Cool. How are you guys doing? You hanging in there? You getting all right? Okay, we're, we're hauling through these things. Hopefully, I want to make sure there's time at the end to answer questions. But So the second part of this is talking about the value these agencies provide um, in-house companies. So the first thing, so 10 common reasons why product companies would work with agencies. The first, and we kind of talked about this earlier through, um, I found this through research, is that um, bringing on an agency to have kind of look at the company and the product, the work, through fresh eyes. Um, it's having worked in-house, it's really easy to spin your wheels um, and constantly iterate on something with the goal of you know, increasing something. Um, but feel, feeling like you're doing the same thing over and over again and it's hard to make progress. Um, agencies can com come in and provide a unique um, and interesting uh, perspective on that work, which helps you approach it from a different angle. And a lot of times that could um, lead to out, outside the box solutions and move things forward. So, um, many of these agencies come in with multi-industry experience. So they have um, you, the best way for me to describe this is thinking about T-shaped designers, right? Where you have a wide breadth but go deep in an area or two. I think this is pretty true of agencies. So they've worked with a lot of different types of clients and in different industries and verticals, but they go deep in a couple areas and have done a lot of work in a couple areas. Maybe it's more experiential design or maybe it's e-com or something similar. Um, so 
you'll be hiring um, experts in their crafts, but a team who's able to um, do the work having experience with a wider variety of clients and experiences. Um, this can be a common problem. So where you have multiple stakeholders in an organization who feel really passionately about going one direction or the other, um, and kind of settling those arguments is difficult. There is, either has to be like an executive decision, or um, you, know, you build it and test both and see you know, which one does better. Uh, oftentimes, the agency can come in and um, settle those internal debates and uh, move the whole team forward one way or the other. That, there's a lot of advantages there. There's less bias. They're coming in with that fresh perspective and can be a stronger voice for moving one direction or the other, um, effectively unblocking the team. This is something that Underbelly does with Facebook. So one of the common, um, so Facebook has a really great parental leave policy like a lot of other large tech companies. So um, a common scenario will be that somebody, a core product team consisting of PM design, engineering, um, the designer will go on leave for a longer period of time and they either need to hire to backfill that position or they're going to slow down their roadmap, roadmap will um, get a lot slower or they have to find other ways for them to do, do impactful work with just, it's just engineering focused um, or research focused. We uh, and other agencies are able to kind of do some team staff augmentation where they're able to come on board for a set period of time three months, six months, a year, and fill in that gap for that team so they continue to ship, uh, work on the roadmap, and um, continue to work at full strength. So that's a um, pretty big value prop for these companies. Um, you all use Slack, I'm sure. Um, it's become pretty ubiquitous in our organizations. That, that um, initial version of Slack that is still being used Effectively, the original design of it is still basically still being used today by everybody, like millions and millions of people. Was built originally by MetaLab, who I mentioned earlier. Um, they, Andrew Wilkinson, who is the CEO of MetaLab, has a really great article online about that. But basically, um, Slack brought them on board to um, build an initial version of the product uh, for the sake of accelerated validation, getting something to market as soon as possible, um, which helped them cut down on the time to get to market, but also um, they were able to rely on the expertise of this kind of third party perspe uh, perspective. So this could apply to startups who are looking to build an MVP, um, growth stage companies who may want to add like a feature set to an existing product or like Skunk Works divisions within enterprise companies. Um, so this is somewhat similar to building an initial version of something, uh, but oftentimes there are strategic initiatives that um, progress needs to be made on that um, teams are unable to because they simply don't have the resources to do so. If they're to put a team on that initiative, they might lose out on, on their core product, making progress on their core product. And so what often happens is a lot of these things kind of end up in the backlog or the executive, whoever's championing the idea, is unable to validate it or move it forward. Um, an agency can come on board and um, work with that team to build um, whatever needs to be built um, for that strategic initiative. It could be a handful of things, but they can come on board and move that forward right away without having to wait for resources to become available. Um, this is true of Underbelly. I know it's true of a handful of other agencies. So there are, uh, because of the experience of the different people on staff, um, they are able to provide a variety of services. And so when we're working with a client, we'll often 
you know, after doing a workshop, we're getting, getting to know them better, get an understanding of exactly what combination of services we can provide them to be useful. Let's say we're building a marketing website and you know, we've, we've learned one of, the, one of the great ways, or a really great way for this product to communicate would be with a, a video. We'll, we'll be able to shoot, edit that video, add motion graphics, have spot illustrations on that site, design and develop it. So that we're, we're combining a variety of services to fit the, the business needs. Um, this is somewhat similar to the strategic initiatives, but oftentimes product teams are up against hard deadlines that may be um, coming from marketing or from sales or some, from other or, some other part of the organization. But um, it's, there, there are scenarios where um, you know a deadline is looming and then there, you're, you feel that you're not going to make progress and get something out in time. Agencies can come on board um, you know, and start to crank on a backlog of work alongside that team and make sure they are able to hit those deadlines. I should say here a, a, a caveat. Um, I think this kind of works better with production type work where there may have been already a fair amount of research discovery. Maybe there's been a spec built and they can come. Um, I think that will allow for accelerated work, but I have seen scenarios where it's more strategic type work um, as well. So it really depends on the, the type of work and the, the timeline. A very common reason to hire an agency is to bring in some strong, um, do some strong conceptual explorations as it relates to visual or UI design. Um, so this could be re redesigning uh, an existing product and refreshing it, making it more modern, clean. It could be doing a, a, like everything from the ground up, so starting with branding, um, creating a design system, and f determining like guidelines how that's going to be, be applied in a variety of areas. But there's this is a this is a common way in order to, uh, that companies take in order to kind of um, get a fresh take on their brand and UI. And finally, um, one of the values that agency brings is that they're all about the hustle. So they know that time is money, probably more than a lot of other organizations. They're, they're bred to work quickly. Um, there is, um, and that's both through the, their expertise and their experience being able to work quickly, but also because they know oftentimes these companies these agencies are coming from you know, an hourly or weekly model, and they know that they, if they've estimated X amount of hours or time, they've got to get that done, right? So you, you can usually rely um, on a team, uh, an agency coming on board, they'll work pretty quickly because they, they know about hustle. So last part here, how to work with an agency. So some pro tips on um, how to best work with them if you're going to do that. So some of you are already working with an agency. Some of this may apply. Some of you haven't and may in the future. In any case, these hopefully will be ways to set you up for success there. Um, this is probably true of any, the more I think about this, this is true of any relationship. Um, obviously, to the agency um, client relationship, but internal teams, um, especially true. And frankly, any relationship, especially true. So. Um, the best relationships are built on a foundation of trust. Um, that will lead to better work overall. It will lead to better communication. It will lead to honest communication um, and they make days more enjoyable. I think I talked about this earlier, but one of the key things in determining who you will, are going to work with if you're working with an agency is that compatibility, right? Those initial conversations determine whether or not, like, um, do we have anything in common? Um, do we work the same way? Do we speak the same language? Um, are we able to work together in a very close proximity for a long time and do good work together? 
right? So I think um, that compatibility is going to is really important. Having a shared sense of purpose is really also critical here. So making sure that you're working with somebody that gets what you're doing, that uh, finds the work meaningful, and really um, is can align on that deep of a level. This leads to honest and transparent um, communication. This is also critical for any relationship, um, particularly um, with an agency, but also in-house. Uh, conflict, healthy conflict, is really, really important for building awesome stuff. You have to be able to have conversations um, that get heated um, and that are hard, um, it, but ultimately uh, having that kind of honest feedback um, and digging in at that deep of a level really makes uh, gets to the core of what you're doing make, and then helps the work be better. Um, I don't know if you've, any of you have read uh, Radical Candor, but it's a, a book about leadership and how to, one of the core points of that book is to um, um, care directly or care personally but challenge directly, right? And I think that's absolutely true here. Um, if you have a foundation of trust and you're able to care and you care, truly care about these individuals, you'll be able to challenge um, and have those difficult conversations for making better work. This is obvious, I kind of talked about it already, but work, make sure when you work with an agency that your comms, your communication channels are all centralized. This is especially true if you're working with remote teams. Um, having all, the bulk of the conversation in Slack, for instance, is a great way of making sure that these side conversations, um, you know, water cooler conversations, so to speak, are, um, are happening where everybody can view and participate in those, right? This is particularly useful re for remote teams, but I would say in the kind of the modern way we work today, it's pretty critical. Um, also part of that is just communicating frequently, right? So um, making sure that you're participating in daily stand-ups, um, communicating frequently on Slack, et cetera. This is a pretty big one. Most, depending on the size of the company and their level of trust with the agency, they may not want to expose everything. Um, but in order to do really good work, getting really deep context, um, it makes for almost always better work. Um, I would say, so allowing agencies to have interviews or conversations with, you know, not just the larger product team, but maybe marketing or sales or operations. Um, additionally, what's kind of implied here, but probably even more important, is making sure that um, you're providing access to your customers, your users. This agency, in order to do really good product work, um, and validate that work, we'll need to have good relationships um, and tight relationships with the customers. Know what you need. Um, this is not necessarily meaning you should know that you want a website with this content in this style, but it's more about if knowing is it more production type work or is it more strategy type work um, and making sure you're bringing on the right people for each. We found that more um, production type work might be better for a contractor or a freelancer, and specialized strategic work is better for an agency. But you should have an idea of what you need there before you engage an agency. Be open-minded. This goes back to fresh perspective stuff we were talking about. Agencies, if they're doing a good job and they're, they're bought in on the problem and the, exploring good solutions, they're going to come up with a lot of interesting, innovative um, ideas that are going to be um, challenging at times and um, difficult sometimes. I think the goal there is just be open-minded, um, not just with the work that they're um, sharing with you and that you're iterating on together, um, but on questions um, or suggestions. 
I think the, the benefit of having somebody come in fresh is that, um, that they're going to have a lot of thoughts. And the more open-minded you are about those thoughts, I think the better result, the result's going to be. Um, be aligned on vision. This is a challenge where internal teams, before, when they bring on an agency, they may not even be in, aligned internally on what they want and what the engagement looks like. Um, so it's easier for the agency to rally around the team on what their vision is for that product, product or project um, if the team is united in that. If they are not united in that, it's a whole different type of problem that we're solving, right? Which is um, working to get people on board, build, uh, rally people around an idea, um, and which, is, which can, well, I can guarantee will take uh, way more time. So the more aligned the internal team is in, in, on the vision, the more that the agency can rally around that vision and work um, and contribute in a meaningful way. Write a brief. I think that's pretty common, at least with the traditional model. What will usually happen is a brief is created either by the agency or by the company. Effectively, um, this, and this goes back to vision a little bit. If the team internally is united on um, the vision of what they're trying to do, um, the expectations internally of what they're trying to do, the engagement is going to be much more clear. And the um, clients and the internal team are going to be united on um, what they'll need to do and what the expectations are. Um, obviously, the other things important to include in, in a brief are basic things like a, a budget, timelines, um, and things of that nature, and how you're going to measure results um, is super critical. One of the, so going back to one of the challenges I found about in-house, in-house teams have with working agency is the, um, there's too much overhead in time. It takes too much time to get them on board um, for the, what, what kind of results they're expecting, which I think is true. I think th most of you would probably agree, though. Um, good work takes time, and in order to understand the, the problem, the project, the business at a core level, there needs to be a fair amount of time to, do, um, to be onboarded. So I, I think the uh, way of thinking about this would be if you are hiring a new, new designer and you have a complex product, how much time would you expect them to have before they're um, being creating impactful work. You know, would it be a month, three months, six months? You know, depending on the complexity of your um, business or product, it could be a while. What I would say is maybe a good rule of thumb would be provide at least half of that time for an agency to, um, to that way that they, they are getting into the um, they have a, an understanding the same amount of understanding the uh, internal in-house team has about the work and what needs to be done. This is especially true for. Um, uh, there's a lot of, if, there's, uh, if we're doing development work and there's an existing tech stack that we need to understand, new services that we need to understand, that's going to take time. If there's existing patterns and conventions from a design perspective, that's going to take time. So that there's a lot, and that's not even considering um, the business and how the business works and how the product works and how the, um, the customers and users um, use the product. So there's a lot of things to consider here. Lastly, this overlaps with a lot of like the GV Sprint um, methodology, which is it's very important to know who is making the decisions and that that person is known from the outset of the project. So um, the, hopefully decisions are being made with data based off of what's being validated with prototypes. Um, that's not always the case. And that in situations like that, what needs to happen is the decider needs to be known and pulled in in order to make those ex executive decisions. Um, table stakes, but it makes a huge difference knowing that from the outset. So we're almost done here. 
Um, some lessons I've, I've learned along the way. I'll hustle because we're getting close to being out of time. Um, as a designer, I feel this is super true. Communication is 90% of the job, maybe more, frankly. So everything that a designer does is communication. Um, and I, I really even think pushing pixels and understanding like the coolest tools for prototyping or design or whatever, at the end of the day, you are you're creating something that communicates the functionality to somebody that's going to be building it. Um, everything we do is about communication, so good soft skills are critical. I would totally keep this in mind when you're courting agencies. Do they have good soft skills? Because that's going to be a huge part of the job. Collaboration is built on trust. We talked about this. I could not stress this more. The better relationships you will have with your teams, um, the better work you will do. I, it's almost a guarantee. I feel really good about that. Um, and that's true for us at Underbelly. We work to have really great relationships with our clients on the friend level so that we can have those honest conversations. The nature of agency work is that there's always an end date. Um, sometimes that will, you know, we've worked with clients for years, um, but there will always be some point at which um, information and context and work is handed off. So there should be a good transition plan in place to make sure that whatever happens after the agency is no longer evolved, it's still, um, it's still going to, um, um, the work is going to be done well and um, consistent with what the agency has done prior to that point. Good work takes time. I just talked about this. I really, really believe this is true. There are no quick fixes to anything. If you want good long-term solutions to problems, it's going to take some time. Remote work requires discipline. I, I've had this conversation with a couple friends frequently about um, one of them really loves remote work and thinks it's great, and I'm still not convinced. And I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, but um, I think um, in order for us to do really, really good work, there has to be some amount of co-location. The way we saw this at Underbelly is by traveling out to our um, clients' headquarters to meet with our teams frequently. And we have developed a lot of processes in place to make this a really tight relationship, but it requires a lot of discipline. There are assumptions made in all parts of the product development process. Um, the more we validate those assumptions, the better our work's gonna be and the more time we're gonna save. I think this is pretty well known, but um, it's very useful to be able to, what will happen often is a client will say, no, I think this, and we'll say, no, we think that. The best way to end the argument or to convince them is to validate. Um, that could be with like deep user research or it could be like kind of guerrilla style validation. Um, if, there's, if, if the designers in the room get one thing from me today, it would be just this. Make sure to prototype your work. Um, sharing work in terms of like boxes and arrows to help understand a flow is um, one way of communicating it, but I'm, I'm convinced the best way of sharing your work is to by showing it in a prototype. It's much more easier to understand. Um, stakeholders and clients and users will understand it way, way more quick, quickly. And effectively, it's um, a great way of making sure that your interaction design is, is thought through, right? Lastly, <laughs> try have fun along the way. I think designers take themselves, I'm speaking just about designers right now, I think maybe engineers and PMs maybe take them, themselves seriously as well, but in, designers um, care very much about their tools and their processes and their methods, and um, I think it's easy to get distracted you know, by staking, staking your flag in the sand and saying this is the best way to do it, when really there probably is never a best way to do it. Um, and at the end of the day, um, there's more to design, and that's, I think, the, the, one of the biggest lessons I've learned more recently, especially as a, as a dad. So try to have fun along the way. Um, 
calm down, take deep breaths, realize there's more to life. Um, that's it. Almost. Don't clap yet. If you want to clap, I would, I would like you to clap, but you don't have to clap. Um, <laughs> quick, couple quick plugs. So I mentioned that we just built an app and shipped to the App Store. It's called Proxy. This is an app um, aimed towards buyer agents, uh, realtors who are buyer agents. So when you bought a house, if you bought a house, you got a realtor, and they're the ones that helped you. Um, they took you out to a bunch of different houses, you know, maybe a handful of within one day. Um, and the process it takes for these realtors to book these showings with other realtors representing the seller is, uh, can be very cum cumbersome and take a lot of time. We built an app to help with that, so man, that looks terrible. Um, so if you know realtor friends, or if you're like a realtor on the side for some reason, um, <laughs> which seems like a really bad idea, but um, you should use this app or come talk to me. I'd love to tell you more about it. The URL is proxyshowings.com. We just shipped to the iOS and Android app stores. Um, just came out of beta. We're really pumped about it. So um, I have your captive attention, so I have to tell you about that. Um, last thing, obviously, um, I work at Underbelly. We're an agency. I'm talking about agency work with people that may need it. So I feel like I uh, should tell you to reach out to me if you're looking for any of that type of work. So um, product work, marketing brand, content. Um, we'd love to work with you, um, or at least have a conversation, see if it could be a good fit. Um, OK, now that's officially. It. Thank you. A big thanks to Adam for presenting, and again for Instructure for hosting the event. If you learned some things from Adam's talk, be sure to share it with your team, or share it on Twitter, and mention us at product underscore hive. Sharing these talks is a great way to support Product Hive. As always, be sure to check out all our upcoming events. You can find them by searching for Product Hive on meetup.com. And while you're there, go ahead and join the group so you always get the latest updates. We also have a YouTube channel where you can find videos of all the past talks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your feed soon, and we'll see you at one of our next events.